There's a poem I've been sitting in. It's, it's up there, Denise. It's on one of the slides. Um, and it just... Uh, it's called The God. And, and he goes through... This is by R.S. Thomas, who did our Advent journey with us. Uh, he talks about the God of poets, of musicians, of... And he's explaining how each one, how God is interacting with each one in a different way. So he says, the God of poets made of rhyme and meter, the ability to scan disordered lines and imposed syntax, the word like a sword turning both ways to keep the gates of vocabulary, of musicians, the first sound in the silence, the frequency of the struck chord, the electrical, ultimate rhythm of the full orchestra, himself the conductor of it and the composer. Of artist who disguises himself in wood and stone, who has to be unmasked with such patience, who escapes in the end, leaving them standing tool in hand in front of a supposition. Of scientists, the agitation at the center of non-being, the agreed myth of their equations, the experiment that proved them wrong, the answer they have overrun that waits for them to turn around. Of theologians, the word as an idea, crumbled by their dry minds and the long sentences of their chapters, gathering dust in their libraries, a sacrament that, if not soon swallowed, Sticks in the throat. The God who is. Whose conversation is the aside. Whose mind is its own fountain. Who overflows. Who takes the cross from between, between his teeth to fly humanity upon it. I just, I, I feel this thing this morning, this armor. I think this is like perfect how the Lord set this up. That so often we've reduced church or religion to just one type of armor. And it's literally violated the DNA that you carry. It's violated the way that you are meant to hear from him, to respond to him. We have to understand, you know, the, the John 3.16, For God so loved the world he gave. That you, literally, he has, he has poured, he has lavished, Paul says, his love upon you in all of its varied forms. And for some of you, you can really resonate with the God of the artists who, you, who has disguised himself in, in wood and stone. And he has been, he's asked you to unmask him with long, with such patience. And then by the time you get through, you've realized that you've had suppositions about God that were not true. Or perhaps you're the God of the scientist that needs it to be skinnied up. To I need to understand it. I need to be able to grasp it. I've got to have my three points to it. And the Lord is looking at you saying, you've overrun me and I'm waiting for you to turn around. Or perhaps the theologian who has long words and ideas, but the whole time the word is not relational. The words become an idea and a concept. He's a concept that I can keep out there. And I love this language. If A sacrament that if it's not soon swallowed, it's going to choke in your throat. 
That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That the lavishness of the love of God is a first relational reality, not a truth concept. It's a relational reality that Jesus has come and he has come to reveal that love is your origin. It's not what you get to. This is really important as we start in January 2023. The origin of your year has begun in intimacy. Do you catch me? The origin, you were birthed in the first day of January in the intimacy of the most beloved father loving you well. From that intimacy, you are meant to live into 2023, not trying to get back to the love of the father, but trying to, not even trying, but living within the realm of love that you have been birthed into this year. This is the concept that we anchor ourselves into. This is what the gospel is. Jesus is coming to expose that you are not a distant creation trying to get back to God. That you first were birthed in the fullness of his love. Jesus came to reveal that you originated as a son and a daughter. Sin has clouded. Sin has lied to you. To convince you that you have become distant from the one who called you his own. Jesus has come to say, no, I am silencing the voice of sin and shame and the demonic that you might recognize. Because you are spirit first. So your spirit recognizes. That's why somebody can tap into the eternal heart of the father that isn't quote unquote Christian or a theologian. And they can communicate something that makes your heart come alive because you have been designed to resonate with what the Spirit of God is whispering to you. That's the eternal love of the Father who is looking for any crack in the door that he can find. That's why in his loving tenderness you can say, I don't feel close to him. And he will come and whatever you are pouring yourself into to whisper to you, Come away, my beloved, for you are the one that has lit my heart on fire. You, your origin, your beginning is in the love of God. And so often those feelings of distance, while I'm not diminishing them, they are, they feel real. They are from the father of lies, not from the father himself. So he is counterfeiting your origin. He's masking your origin to convince you of a reality because he knows that if he can convince you of what you feel is distance, the accusation will end up at the doorstep of God. <coughs> the accusation of my heart will end up at the doorstep of God. And that is the enemy, the father of lies, ultimate aim. To get our heart postures to position themselves on a distant, angry God who's holding out on us. But if this morning is any prophetic indication, you have been birthed. Your origin, you were conceived in the heart of love. You're not trying to get back to it. You have been conceived in the heart of love. And the process of spiritual formation, the process of swinging wide the gate, the process of asking Jesus to love us is really, can you unveil the ways your love is already here 
and I'm already fully in your love. Because the nature of it is you were made by love. You were made for love. And you were made to give love. I heard Holy Spirit say this this week, all of these different ways, these are this is just like literally a, it's a snapshot, it's a reduction of the myriad of ways you have been designed to receive love, to encounter and engage with love, and then to give love. And I heard Holy Spirit say, remind them that they have been made with a brush in their heart to paint love on the canvas of the world. That you have been made with a brush in your heart to paint love on the canvas of the world. Like, think about that. In the darkest places that your feet are standing in right now in this context. And for some of you, that the darkest place your feet are standing is what you would call home. When you go back to your house or your apartment and the darkness that can feel like it hovers, Holy Spirit is not intimidated by that. And he says, I want to speak light and life on the brush of your heart that love would illuminate the darkness. That you were made for love to flow through you, for you to experience it, and then for you, for it to come pouring out of your eyes. I need you to catch me on this. You guys know people that they carry an atmosphere with them. And sometimes that atmosphere is less than kingly and less than, less than godly. Is that fair? You know, it's just the counterfeit, right? It's just the shadow. You were literally made. You were designed. You resonate at your most basic place with love. That's, what, that's where you begin to vibrate at a deep level. And so when you get into these places of intimacy with the Lord, something in you begins to vibrate at a deep level. False armors begin to fall off because something else begins to vibrate. And you find yourself hidden within his heart. And suddenly things are known and seen and uncovered that you were unaware of 30 seconds before. And I want to offer that what happens then is once that gets resolute, you will find yourself almost being led step by step into a place to sit at a metaphorical table, to sit at a place that carries darkness. And it's not for years to necessarily even speak to the darkness. It may be to say, I need to loop love in such a way you know how you can actually leak the dark stuff? He's going, I so trust your and my love for one another. If I just sit you at the table, you will leak such an atmosphere of love and hope and peace and joy and rest. It's going to offend the darkness, but it's going to be a skylight moment for them to say, wait a minute. Maybe I was made for something different. So suddenly ministry isn't a thing you do. You just carry the presence. But you carry the transformative nature of love itself. That's why we can say God is love. 
God's not intimidated by darkness because there's no conversation in it. He just loves the hell out of us. <laughs> Make sense? That might have been a cheap way to slide a cuss word in. I don't know. Let me be a little rebellious, okay, on this Sunday morning. Just love the God who loves us in the way that we were made to be loved. I remember standing uh, when I met my wife, now wife, uh, and we were kind of just asking Holy Spirit, what are the vows that we're to stand in front of each other and say? That one of the vows we felt like Holy Spirit said, is I vow to ask Holy Spirit to give me the power to love you in the way you were meant to be loved. Not in the way that I think you need to be loved. You were made from before the foundation of the world to experience love in a specific way. And I want to commit and I want to vow to you that I will lose my life to learn how to love you. To be love itself to you. Because I know you are most free when you are most loved. And my life is given that my wife would find freedom and love. But that comes out of this overflow of that's what the Lord does. He's vowed that to us. That was his vow when he formed Adam out of the dirt and he formed Eve out of Adam's rib. He said, I will love you in the exact way you were made to be loved. Stand fast in that. But how many of y'all know Sometimes we need to be re-parented on how we receive love. <laughs> sometimes. And how many of you guys know that sometimes there's a season where the, I just, this keeps coming back. He's the God of the artist who disguises himself in wood and stone. Who's disguised himself in the day-to-day -day mundane parts of your life. And he is inviting us to unmask him with such patience that we might discover he's been here the whole time. Is that not the God we worship? Does that make sense? Your origin is in love. It's not in darkness. Before the foundation of the world, he saw us in him. Christ was so convinced of it, that's what the incarnation was about. Let me show them that love is their inheritance, love is their origin. So we're going to take communion on that. So as the prophetic picture... R.S. Thomas. R.S. Thomas. Good old R.S. That's right. Oh. So I'm feeling this, and I'm just going to say it. You guys know me. You've known me long enough to know. Um, take it with, with the wisdom and discernment of the Spirit. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. 
And I feel like Holy Spirit said he has come this morning to redeem the places where we have betrayed our own heart. That he has come to redeem the places this morning where we have placed a self-protection armor or a false armor on ourselves. And he has invited us to be protected by the light himself. And so Holy Spirit, this morning, you went before us, Jesus, and you said on the night that you were betrayed, you chose not to enter self-protection. You said, no man can take my life. I give my life freely. And so in the name of Jesus, we come into alignment and agreement. We say, yes, Jesus, we understand. Help our misunderstanding. Help the places where we have betrayed our own heart and haven't meant to, Holy Spirit. Make us like Jesus. Take this in remembrance of me. And I want to stand in this moment because I, I feel that I see this picture of millions and millions of believers, some in big mega churches, some uh, in, in, in caves in the hidden underground church. But they're standing in agreement that the blood is speaking a better word over the corporate bride this morning. And so we come into agreement, Jesus, that the bride of Christ is the answer to the darkness of the world. We come into agreement, Jesus, that you have not tarried too long. We come into agreement, Jesus, that you behold you are doing a new thing in 2023, that you are ushering a new, a, a new measure. And I just want to say specifically to the powers and the principalities that look like governing forces, that while that may be a, a measure of authority, it is not the authority. The authority is the one who says, no man takes my life. I give it freely to break the back of the principalities and powers that have stood and lied to my beloved. And so we come into alignment and agreement, Jesus, with your word that says my blood is flowing in a new way. It is a river of living water flowing to cleanse, to heal, to purify, to deliver, to transform. And so we say yes to the power of the blood of Jesus. We say yes individually to the power to illuminate the darkness in our own lives of the blood of Jesus. And we say yes to the corporate power of the blood of Jesus to illuminate the darkness over the bride and the church and what it's supposed to be, over governments and cities and regions. We proclaim in the name of Jesus that nations will come to see the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. We do this in remembrance of you. Uh, one more quote. Uh, can you go to that? There's a quote up there. I just love this quote, and I felt like it was a great way. Uh, Antoine de saint Expuri. I can't remember how to say it. Anyway, some really cool French name. Uh, he says, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work, but rather... Teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. And I want you to hear me. That what church is meant to be is that we place the endless immensity of the heart of God. For each individual person, we place it in the middle of the table and we light the candle. And we say, this is what you were made for. Let this illuminate your darkness. Don't trust in your own ability to get healthy and whole. It's not going to work. It's just going to keep you on an endless cycle that just looks like religious turmoil. That's what it does. 
The light illuminates the darkness, and then he has the strategy on how to heal it. Don't, we're not picking up wood. We're not assigning tasks. That's not what we're doing here. We are placing in front of you the endless, immense heart of the Father that is in love with you and that sees you better than you see yourself. And he says, a light, rise, shine. For the glory of the Lord has settled upon you. He's illuminating your darkness. That's why we gather. That's why we sit and we stare at each other face to face. Because there's a glory that is hidden within every person that carry an image of the presence of God, the image of God himself, that is a key that can help unlock the destiny of the bride of Christ. Amen? Amen. Uh, I bless you with the creative freedom of being in love, with love, around love, in love, let all the hallmark, hallmarky stuff just come out. Yes, just let it ooze out of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um.